What's going on? Woo. Welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Wednesday, January 11th. We'll be getting this on the 12th. Lucas and Cameron hanging out with you, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. This is a fun episode today. I'm ready to have some fun today. We will be breaking down the fantasy football awards given by the fantasy football fellas for the 2022 season. I don't even want to beat around the bush because I'm ready to have some fun in today's episode. I'm all in. I'm ready to go. You know, a lot of fun discussion coming up. We're, we're bummed Tyler can't be with us because we know, uh, you know, three three's a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two, two ain't a crowd. Three's a party. But uh, we'll be without Tyler. It'll be Cameron and I breaking down our awards. I'm kind of willing to recklessly speculate what Tyler would choose for each award. <laughs> Just I'm add to this episode. Um, not much for news and notes. We'll we'll cover a few news and notes here before uh, we dive in. But most of it at this point um, is all playoff implicated. Uh, your fantasy season is obviously over. That's why we are handing out the award. So, uh, without further ado, to attack of Iowa, he has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that should not be surprising. If the Miami Dolphins find a way to move on, I'm honestly not going to be surprised if Tua misses the following week as well. When you have three concussions in a span of what? 15 Six weeks. weeks? Or yeah, or 15. I forgot that he had the first one. Dang, yeah, that's the, right. All the way at the beginning of the season. When wow. you have that many concussions in a span of 15 weeks, you have one concussion a month. I'm sorry, you have got to shut it down for the foreseeable future and get yourself out of a contact sport. Collision no sport. It's not a contact sport. Football's a collision sport. Famous yeah. Green Bay Packer uh, running back, Daryl Thompson. There's Ooh. a name for you. Uh, he told me uh, I had had the blessing of, of being able to be in the same class as his son. And yeah, he always said, uh, we play basketball. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. Um, so it, it, yeah, if you've had that many concussions in a span of uh, three months, I'm sorry, you got to hang it up for a bit. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if two is out multiple weeks here. I like the name drop. That was, that was smooth. It was uh, well and, done. and now I feel, but now I, now I kind of feel like a jerk for it. Now I kind of feel like I like no. stuck my nose up a bit. No, no, no. It was perfect. It was perfect. It, I, because the quote was good. It was a good quote. So like, and, and that was my only was purpose. Well that yes. was my only purpose. No, my was only perfect. purpose. That was perfect. That's the way you do it, folks. Yeah. That, that was my only purpose. Much appreciation for the Thompson family. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Also, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, an uphill battle to play this weekend on Sunday. Yeah. Oof. Is it contract related? I'll ask you. Will you and I just like briefly discuss this before coming on? But I mean, it would be a it would be a pretty baller move if it was. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you can give much more of a middle finger. Um, and I know why people are speculating, right? He was supposed to be out three weeks. It's been six weeks. Um, I I don't know. Obviously, we're not near the situation. Have no idea. Um, it'd be funny if it was, but I assume he wants to be on the field. That would be that would be my like heart assumption, but it is kind of fun to speculate. Oh, maybe he's holding out as a big middle finger to the Ravens. I mean, at this point, though, if your team's in the playoffs, like they prove they can make it there without you, why not get out there? Like that's yeah. kind of my thought, but at the same time, like I am totally not surprised if he's just holding out mm-hmm. to get that contract because we even saw like with Dak, right? Like Dak yeah. people, Dak played. I don't know he didn't play, but he still got a bag. 
Yeah. So I don't know, right? Like I, I don't think Lamar needs to play in order to get to get his money, but no. At any rate, uh, uphill battle for him to play on Sunday. So my guess is that it's probably injury related. But like you said, we, neither of us are close to the situation. Uh, we don't also don't know the right people who are close to the situation to give us any insider info. So uh, those are really only the two news updates we have as of this recording. So let's do it. Let, let's dive into the awards. Let's dive into awards. We put out 10 different awards for the fans to vote on over on our Instagram. And we had an outrageous number of votes come in. Uh, yes. Probably something like right around 700 votes for each category. Uh, so we got a pretty large sample size here from the people. We have the fantasy MVP, the rookie of the year, the comeback player of the year, the waiver wire ad of the year, the most improved player, the playoff MVP, the best fantasy performance, the best bat, best draft day value. That was a mouthful. The biggest bust and then the biggest surprise to wrap everything out i like it let's dive on it let's dive on it why don't we let's start with the granddaddy of them all the fantasy mvp we put up three players for nomination austin eckler overall running back one this year the highest scoring non-quarterback player in ppr formats justin jefferson not too far behind austin eckler i believe only four fantasy points behind austin eckler on the year uh, second highest scoring non-quarterback player in PPR formats, the number one wide receiver overall, and Travis Kelsey, who outscored every other tight end by, I believe, 90-plus fantasy points. He was the definition of a positional advantage. Everybody else is merely just competing with one another. Mm-hmm. Cameron, if you had to pick this award, who would you give it to? Personally, for me, it comes down to two, two guys in this race. It's Austin Eckler and Travis Kelsey. I do understand the positional advantage for Travis Kelsey. It, it was unbelievable if he was on your team, but he went the last, I think, seven weeks without a touchdown. That starts to hurt a little bit, whereas Austin Eckler it did was, hurt. <laughs> he was phenomenal throughout the entire season, right? He won you most weeks, right, or kept you in most weeks. So I'm going to give it to Eckler just because the consistency that he had was unbelievable. I would agree with you. And I think it does come down to those two players for me. Uh, Halfway through the season, or right around Thanksgiving, the fantasy MVP for all of us was Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Uh, But man, after Thanksgiving, uh, when, you know, he, you hate calling Travis Kelsey pedestrian because he really wasn't. He gave you double digit fantasy points every single game of the, every single game, I think, except for one this year. But it just wasn't, it it was a tight end eight finish, a tight end seven finish, a tight end five finish right like for travis kelsey normally it's like i scored 18 this week i'm the tight end one or two overall this week and you just Mm -hmm. weren't getting that down the stretch austin eckler like you said was the mvp down the stretch for me he was the mvp all season after week four for me he is the clear winner but it's about what the people voted these are people voted awards at the end of the day we're just we, we our opinions mean nothing because the the people's opinions is all that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and winning the fantasy MVP award for the 2022 NFL season, voted by the fans, is Austin Eckler. Woo. 
Congratulations, Mr. Austin Eckler. Uh, your reward will be in the mail. <laughs> I do wonder. My, my question is, if Jefferson drops 25 fantasy points in the championship instead of 2.8, do you think it's a different conversation? It 100% is. That is the only reason why Justin Jefferson didn't win fantasy okay. MVP this year. I am convinced of it. If he didn't hurt you so badly in the championship game, uh, I guarantee his percentage of votes goes from 28 probably to 50 plus. I would agree. Okay. I just wanted, because that's the way I felt. He would have been my fantasy MVP if it wasn't just such yep. a big stinker in the one game or the biggest game of the year. So, all right. Just wanted to check to make sure we're on the same page there. No. Yeah. I 100% agree. That championship just hurts far too much, though. Yes. It hurts far too much. Let's move on to rookie of the year. The three nominees we had up here Kenneth Walker, the third. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Damian Pierce was in contention as well, but because he landed on the IR the final four weeks of the season, the final five weeks of the season, excuse me, uh, he was taken out of contention. So we narrowed it down to these three, Ken Walker, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Cameron. I think you and I are giving the award to the same person here. I think so too. Um, for me, if I look at it, all, th- all three of these guys played really, really well. They had awesome years, especially these wide receivers. Just thinking of their quarterback situations, right? I mean, Garrett Wilson is cycling between Mike White, Zach Wilson, and Joe Flacco. And he's putting up, I think it was a top 25 wide receiver on the season. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Chris Olave, you know, having Jameis and Andy Dalton um, on a team that really had no other weapons except for uh, Kamara throughout the season. So both did well. But I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. When he took over in week six to the to week 18, if you average those games out over 17-game pace, he was on pace for 1,400 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Yeah. Right? He was averaging 88 rushing yards per game and almost a touchdown a game. So that, that's really hard to replace. That's what you want as kind of that borderline running back one while you're running back two. And so I, I am going to give it to Kenneth Walker, but I do think – all three of these guys are going to have some pretty impressive seasons next year. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they're all in contention here, uh, the, the, the future is bright for this draft class. It really mm-hmm. is. When you got Christian Watson in here, Traylon Burks, who despite playing with Josh Dobbs, like still didn't look half bad down the stretch, uh, looked explosive. Uh, Drake London, you have in here as well. Like there is still a bunch of guys in this Brees class. Bree- <laughs> what have been his award? It would it it would have clear and away been his award this year. Mm-hmm. Like things are looking really really good for this draft class. Yes, but I would agree with you. I'm giving it to Ken Walker the third. Over 750 yards, I believe uh, the seventh most rushing known. Oh, obviously over 750 yards. The seventh most rushing yards from when he took over in week six. Eight rushing touchdowns during that stretch. Yeah, he's clearing away the not clearing away the winner for me, but like. I feel pretty confident giving the award to Ken Walker over these two um, because he was far more consistent in my mind than both of these two, uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. But again, what do the fans have to say? This year's fantasy rookie of the year winner, according to the fans of the fellas, is Kenneth Walker third. Congratulations, Ken Walker. Your award will be in the mail. First of many. <laughs> I'm going to quit using that. 
Honestly, I think the fantasy footballers <laughs> use that. I think I need to quit using that. <laughs> We're running up do, on the trademark. Oops. Copyright I, uh, infringement. <laughs> I did not. I'm not trying to play on them here. Uh, let's keep it moving, though. Comeback player of the year. A few great players in this category. Saquon Barkley is up for contention. Christian McCaffrey and C.D. Lamb were our three nominees. Uh, I think people forget that last year, C.D. Lamb was a borderline top 20 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And he was a top seven, I believe, wide receiver this year. Yeah. That's why he's in contention here for me. He had mm-hmm. like he was a stud who bounced back from such a down year last year. Um, and that's why he's in contention here. I know you hear C.D. Lamb and you're like, what is he coming back from? Um, I can't give it to Geno Smith because Geno Smith came came back from nothing. Mm-hmm. We have Geno Smith in, in a few other nominations here. Spoiler alert. But for sure, just to just to give some clarity on why C.D. Lamb is in this discussion. Um, I assume you or I aren't giving it to C.D. Lamb. No. I don't know. Maybe you are. I'm not. But no. Uh, so between Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, who are you giving the award to? I got a sneaky suspicion. I know who you're giving the award to, but I'm going CMC because <laughs> uh, CMC is not only bouncing back. I guess Saquon's probably in the same thing too. But not only bouncing back from last year, but the year before, right? Two down years in a row, he comes back. And what was he? he was the running back two in fantasy point or fantasy points, fantasy points per game, averaging just one and a half points less than Austin Eckler, right? He puts up 82 receptions on 100 targets, a thousand yards rushing. Um, I just think what he did was so invaluable. And the fact that he was able to switch team teams halfway through the year, right? We remember he played against the um, Rams in his first game with the 49ers or Rams or Chiefs, one of the two. I don't remember which team he played in his first game with 49ers. That counted against him. So you take that out. And I'm pretty sure he's like within 0.1 or two fancy points of Austin Eckler. This guy was phenomenal once again, right? He returned right back to where he was when he, when he left off. So I'm going to give it to CMC. You 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 think my suspicion is to give to Saquon Barkley because uh, I do love that man, Saquon Barkley. He helped lead me to a fantasy championship this year in our Dynasty League. Uh, I would actually agree with you, though. Oh, uh, all right. Initially, initially my, my thoughts were were like, duh, Saquon Barkley. You didn't draft him to be this this top 10 running back this year. Most He was actually drafted, I believe, outside of the top 10. I believe he was drafted as like the running back 11 or 12 this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll fact check you on that. You keep going. Yeah, fact check me on that. Uh, but at any rate, you weren't drafting Saquon Barkley to be this like first round pick that he's probably going to be next year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that Saquon Barkley, I mean, let's be real. He's been playing from like three down seasons, right? Yep. But Christian McCaffrey, like the questions were all, all about him this year. Uh, can he actually make it through another full season? Is the workload too much? Are we ever going to get, you know, this, this record breaking, fantasy breaking, uh, player that Christian McCaffrey is ever again. And the more I sat down and thought about it, the more the more I realized like it, it's very clearly Christian McCaffrey because the questions around Christian McCaffrey were, I think, bigger than the questions around Saquon Barkley. For sure. Uh, they both were you know, massive. That's why this fan vote, spoiler alert, was was very close between the two. But I, I I'm at the end of the day, I'm going to lean Christian McCaffrey. Um, not by much, but I will give the edge to Christian McCaffrey by my vote. You are right. Saquon was running back 11, taken 18th overall. So falling towards almost the back end of the second. Right. And and Saquon Barkley came out and ended up being worthy of what you For probably sure. could have spent a first round pick on this year. Yes. 
But the fans, I'll tell you right now, the fans are probably deciding between these two players as well. C.D. Lamb did not get a majority. Of no, <laughs> unfortunately. We had to put somebody else in here, but it was very clearly these two players. The comeback player of the year, according to the people, is Christian McCaffrey. We're three for three. We're three for three. <laughs> so far, the people the, the people agree with us, or we agree with the people, whatever way you want to put that. We agree <laughs> with the people. That's how this really should go. <laughs> Waiver wire ad of the year. This is a fun conversation. This is. This is going to be a fun conversation. The waiver wire ad of the year. Our three nominees, Geno Smith, Jamal Williams, Jarek McKinnon. The, this, I think, is probably the most difficult award to hash out. Because I, I could give you a really good case for all three of these. Yep. So because I, I want to, uh, I flip-flop on my answer. I'm not going to lie. I no, put I, my answer. I, so, I agree. I'm the same way. So, so let's so let's recklessly speculate who Ty would pick while you and I <laughs> flop back and forth one more time. Uh, who do you think Tyler would pick for waiver wire out of the year out of these three? I think he's going to go Gino. That's who I think Tyler would go. I think he would as well. Yeah, I think he would go. I think he would go Gino. I think he's a Gino believer. I think that's who I would say too. So I think Gino saved your season far more than either of the other two did. If you drafted, think about it. If you drafted Russell Wilson, if you drafted Kyler Murray, if you drafted Justin Herbert, if you drafted Matthew Stafford, if you mm -hmm. drafted Aaron Rodgers, if you drafted Tom Brady, I, I named six top 12 quarterbacks that were drafted at the start of the season. If you drafted any of them, you could have picked up Geno Smith and still made your fantasy championship. Like, that's how solid Geno was all year. That is no discredit to Jamal Williams or Jarek McKinnon of the like. But I think Geno carries a lot more value to what he did for your team if you struck out on quarterback than either of these two. Yeah. I just I mean, realized we probably could have put Justin Fields in here as well. Mm. But it feels like these three were the the pretty obvious. Yeah, ones outside and of Justin Fields. Fields, I think, was starting to get drafted a little bit more, so he probably sure wasn't as much of a waiver wire pick. We'll say that's why he's not on the list. But sure. um, <laughs> in super flex leagues, in super flex leagues. But but that's the way I I was when I was looking at this. They all have three different arguments, right? Gino was the best player out of this list, full yes. season best player. Jamal Williams was a very solid player, a much more like. A position where you need help a lot more. Yep. Right. And Jarek McKinnon probably had the best stretch out of any of these guys, you know, that helped you get into the fantasy playoffs, right? He was um, running back four, I believe, over the last six weeks. Yep. So there is three completely different ones. I'm going to go with Gino as well. And personally, I'm going to go with Gino because in one of my dynasty leagues, I had drafted Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Because of Geno Smith, who I picked up right before the season started, right? Because nobody even knew three days before week one who the starter was going to be. Right. Geno Smith led me to that championship. He was my QB1 that whole year with Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, and Kyler Murray. So personally, I'm invested in Geno. I actually think my second place one is going to be Jarek McKinnon. If I, I, I agree. I agree. Because, just because McKinnon helped you out at a time where, like, if you lost a running back, 
he came in and saved your season. Right. Jamal, Jamal Williams was consistent all year long, but he never saved your season. He didn't. He maybe had two or three games where he won you a week, but Jerick McKinnon had like a four-game stretch where he could have won you every single week. I mean, just to make the Jamal Williams argument, 17 rushing touchdowns on the season. Need I say anything yeah. more? The running back 13 in PPR formats. I mean, like that that's all I need to tell you right there. Yes. Um, and 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 frankly, if you were to to give the award to Jamal Williams, like I am not batting an eye whatsoever. Mm. Um, because He's just deserving of it, as probably these other two. But Mylene oh, and Dino Smith, just with yep. how many busts there were in the top. Lamar Jackson, who's yeah. been out for, I didn't even mention Lamar Jackson. Like, Geno saved you. I think Geno truly saved a ton of teams who were in need of a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, the drop-off was way more significant this year than it has been yes. years past for top 10 quarterbacks. Yep, 100%. The people, though. With 39% of the vote elected the waiver wire ad of the year to be <laughs> Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions. I was wondering what that was at first. I was like, you playing like a song? We getting hyped up for this one? And then it came in back with his intro, and I was like, oh, there he is. All right. That was amazing. That's our Jamal Williams drop. Whenever we talk about Jamal Williams, that is our Jamal Williams drop <laughs> on the show from here on out. I love it. Uh, I, will, I will absolutely, by the time Jamal Williams retires, that button on my stream deck is going to be like, broken like broken it's not going to work anymore yep. uh i love that man jamal williams i really do uh first one we haven't agreed with the people on but frankly i also don't disagree with the people no i'm not upset about it, that's for sure i, th- no. I mean all, like we said all three were very deserving they just had three very different cases 100 100 let's move on to the most improved fantasy player in 2022 three nominees here Devonta Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, and Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cameron, I have a, <laughs> I have a feeling I know. Like me and Saquon Barkley, I feel like I have a no. I feel like I know which way you're going to lean. Um, and I think you can make a really strong argument for said person, but not. You're like looking at it. You're looking at me, and I'm like, I'm not sure if you're actually gonna pick who i think you're gonna pick no i don't know if i will but before we start i want because the people disrespected this guy i want you because you are one of the biggest proponents of this guy to give just zay jones just a little bit of love right now i i don't (laughs) i'll tell you right now zay jones didn't win this okay it came down to devonta (laughs) smith and justin fields uh zay jones though like what does this man have to do to get some love what 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 do we have to what do we have to do he was the wide receiver 68 in 2021. He was a top 24 wide receiver this year. He was a wide receiver two on the season for you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy who went undrafted. He probably he was in waiver wire out of the year for a reason because you didn't draft him. I promise you, if you drafted Zay Jones, I want to see the receipts because I picked up Zay Jones in the deepest of fantasy leagues that I was in this year. I didn't draft Zay Jones. I will tell you that. Go ahead. If you think you're better than me, you can just say that. But Zay Jones, four games, 
a 20 plus fantasy points this year, 24 in week three, 27 and a half in week 12, 21.7 in week 14, 35 in week 15. Now I know he closed out the season pretty poorly, 2.15.4, 6.1. But man, when this dude is out here, I mean, he didn't put up a thousand yard season, but I mean, he was tearing it up this year. He yeah. was tearing it up this year. Uh, scoring touchdowns as well. Well, he only scored, can you believe that? He only scored five touchdowns on the season. Really? Yeah. I swear he scored more touchdowns, but he just had a couple of massive games where it was 10 targets, 14 targets, 12 targets, 11 receptions, 10 receptions, right? I don't know, man. Like, Zay Jones was a nobody on the Raiders. Yeah, He was a laughing stock signing. Three years, $30 million. Everyone was like, that's stupid. Why are you signing Zay Jones to be your wide receiver too? Who's laughing now? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Zay Jones is deserving of being here. The people the people just totally disagree, though. Mm-hmm. They for sure do. Uh, the guy I thought I was going to give this to was Devonta Smith. I thought for sure. He was the wide receiver 30 in 2021, finished as the wide receiver 9, 27% target share with AJ Brown on the team. Which is nuts. Can we can we pause on that quick? Yes. A 27% target share when he could barely get a, did, what was his target share last year? 20%? 21%. I that's crazy. Can yeah. we acknowledge how crazy stupid that is? Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like he was drafted as a wide receiver 36. But we should have known this guy was going to be special, right? He was sixth last year in um, air yards. He was the Heisman Trophy winner, right? This guy was going to be good. We just thought, hey, there's no way Justin Fields takes this big enough enough of a step forward to support both A.J. Brown or Jalen Hurts to support both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. And yet he did. And Devonta Smith had 88 receptions on 128 targets for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. But then I looked at Justin Fields from last year to this year. If we're talking about most improved, he went from last year, quarterback 31, averaging 11.4 points per game, to this year being the quarterback 5, averaging 20.5 points per game. I mean, he practically doubled his average. He had multiple 35-plus weeks. I wanted to give it to Devonta Smith, but I have to give this one to Justin Fields. Yeah, Devonta Smith is, like, you have to have the conversation at least. Yes. Because the fact he finished as a top 10 wide receiver this year, I I highly doubt was on anybody's bingo card. Yeah. Justin Fields, though, I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, no, not a lot of people were talking about it, but had he played in week 18, I'm sure he would have been gunning uh, for Mike Vick's single season rushing yard oh, yeah. record by a quarterback. Um, the fact that Justin Fields, like multiple games of over 100 rushing yards, I mean, his his legs were were truly the difference maker in fantasy football this yes. year. He is that, that like for me, he's the clear winner here. Um, yep. I don't think it's it's much of a debate, but you have to discuss Devonta Smith because he's really the only other one that came out of nowhere to finish ahead of a lot of guys who you know we thought would be you know top fifteen, top twenty this year that finished well outside of the top ten and top twenty. I would agree, and I also think it's this was a. Sp- Good one to just re-emphasize fantasy awards. Justin Fields yes. improved for fantasy. He was the only QB in the top 12 with under 3,200 passing yards. 
and he had 2,200 passing yards in the year, right? Over 60% of his yep. fantasy points came from running the ball. So great for fantasy. Obviously still a lot to prove as an NFL quarterback. 100% agree. Couldn't have said it better. The people voted the most improved fantasy player of 2022 to be Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. Congratulations, Justin Fields, nominated by the people as the most improved fantasy player of the year, and rightfully so. So, Cameron, we're batting. Uh, we're we're bat- not batting too bad here. We're doing pretty well. We're doing, we're doing pretty, pretty well. We're doing pretty well. We're 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 pretty much aligned with the people, which is a good sign. Sometimes, uh, the playoff MVP. We love you. We love our fans. <laughs> the playoff MVP. The nominees here: Patrick Mahomes. Austin Eckler, George Kittle. I think you could have thrown a Mike Evans in here. You could have thrown a CD Lamb in here as well. Mm-hmm. But these three seem to stick out as the biggest um, performers in the final three weeks, four weeks of the fantasy football season. Patrick Mahomes, 888 passing yards, 73 completion percentage, seven touchdowns to one interception, added two rushing touchdowns as well. Averaged nearly 28 fantasy points per game, which is four and a half more points than second place. Austin Eckler, 247 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Averaged over six yards per carry. Added 10 receptions as well, 63 yards. 23.7 fantasy points per game. Uh, Just to to put it in perspective, there's only literally a tenth of a point more than Christian McCaffrey this year. Or not this year, uh, in the... In the in the same stretch during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and George Kittle, fourteen receptions, two thirty six, and five touchdowns, twenty two and a half fantasy points per game. Uh, that was three and a half more fantasy points than the tight end to T.J. Hawkinson. Cameron, who are you giving this award to? I'm actually gonna give it to the guy I least thought I was gonna give it to, and that is George Kittle. I just think the fact that George Kittle finished at what would have been the wide receiver three in the stretch would have been just so invaluable down the down the stretch, right? You need you need big performances to have a guy in your tight end spot who's outscoring Travis Kelsey by six points per game. It's just something that you know it, it's league winning, and so I'm going to go with him. I, I think Mahomes is my close second, actually, just because you said it four and a half points more than the second place quarterback, right? That's just, I mean, that's hard. That means every single week he's outscoring the other quarterback by probably between four and 10 points, right? Given that, that crazy. huge advantage. I mean, I love Austin Eckler too, right? We said it 23.7 fantasy points, nothing to bat an eye at, but I think I'm going to give it to George Kittle on this one. I'm actually, I actually agree with you. Ooh. I think I would give it to Kittle. Right. And the reason why I don't think I'm surprised actually how close this all was. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was our, our second closest uh, award behind the waiver wire ad. And I'll reveal the percentages here in a moment, but the, the counter argument to Kittle is that he didn't help you even get to the playoffs. That's true. You probably weren't in, in, in the, in the playoffs if you had George Kittle. And then my counter argument to that is, well, you also weren't, if you had Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, literally any other tight end this year. So like, I don't know the fact that George Kittle pulled through, gave you 22 and a half per game, 
down the stretch when he needed it most with Brock Purdy, might I add. Mm-hmm. No, Debo helped helped in there too, but all that to say, uh, I agree. I think I would give it to George Kittle with Patrick Mahomes as my close second. Yeah. And I think that that caveat of only scoring a tenth of a point more than CMC for Austin Eckler, I think that diminishes it for me a little bit, honestly, because yeah. there was another running back who was just as nearly pretty much just as good as Austin Eckler down the stretch. And there, yeah. there wasn't, you could make the argument for Hawk. You could make the argument for uh, whoever was four and a half less than Patrick Mahomes. But like, I'm sorry, those are like, if it's more than, you know, three fantasy points, if the gap is, you know, anywhere between two and a half to three fantasy points, like that's notable to me mm-hmm. in a three week sample size. Yeah. The people, though, who did they choose as the playoff MVP for the 2022 fantasy football season? The people with a 37% vote elected Austin Eckler as the playoff MVP of the 2022 fantasy football season. So Austin Eckler takes home now the fantasy MVP and the playoff MVP. Mm -hmm. I have mixed feelings on that, honestly. I think I disagree with the people here. I, I do too, but you gotta. Th- it's. I was thinking about this as we were talking. If you're the people, how many how many of them are actually going back and looking at stats to realize, hey, George Kittle and Patrick Mahomes were this dominant in these last three weeks? You know, you're just thinking, hey, end of the season, Austin Eckler just as good as he was earlier. So I'm gonna, you know, I just remember him being really good. So I'm gonna stick with him. I mean, and and, and let's be fair, Austin Eckler still the running back one down the stretch, yes. still insanely good, like. Still Again, the number one guy is, in PPR is worthy to be yes yep. is worthy to be in the conversation here yes it's not that we're like oh my gosh what an absurd vote but just based on the sheer dominance alone from Patrick Mahomes and George Kittle that just gives them the edge over Eckler I Definitely. think in both of our minds yep the best fantasy performance of the year the three nominees here Joe Mixon dropped fifty five fantasy points in week nine. Mike Evans in the championship dropped 48.7 and Josh Jacobs in week 12 dropped 48.3 fantasy points. These were the top three scores of the year or the top three scores, single week scores of the year. I feel like this one's pretty easy for me. I didn't have to put a lot of thought into this one. I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but Mike Evans in week 17, that is by far the winner for me. Like I, so like I get, I get, it's not the highest scoring fantasy performance of the year. That's not the award though. The award is not the highest scoring performance of the year. The award is the best fantasy performance of the year. It doesn't get better than having one of your studs drop 48 points in the championship, nearly a 50 burger. When your season is on the line, when you have the championship in your sights and you have one of your guys drop 50 for you, I don't care that Joe Mixon did that in week nine for me. I don't care that Josh Jacobs did it in week 12. Did they win you the week? Sure. I'll tell you what, though. We talked about Joe Mixon on Monday's episode, Tuesday's episode, excuse me. He didn't do much for you outside of those that, that week. Only five games above 15 fantasy points on the year. He didn't do much for you outside of that. Josh Jacobs, we can have a conversation around. But, like, 
this is clearly Mike Evans in week 17 for me. He won you the championship. It doesn't get it doesn't get better than that. So this one was very personal to me. Oh, I know, I I know you're gonna say Joe Mixon, but I that's why I had to get my word in on Mike Evans. So the reason I can't say Josh Jacobs is because I played him in two two leagues that week and he beat me in both leagues. <laughs> the reason I'm gonna say Joe Mixon is because he led me to victory in week nine. And the reason I can't say Mike you would Evans, have won without Joe Mixon. Stop the, that right now. The reason I can't say Mike Evans is I had him in four out of four semi or um yeah, semi or third place. Or, yeah, semifinals, semifinal cha- games I was in. Started him in three of them. Lost all four of them. <laughs> three of them because he didn't produce. Benched him in all four of the next week. So I'm in four third place games and I had him benched in all four and then he puts up 50 on my bench. After doing nothing for five weeks straight. It's great. Yes, he put it up in the last week of the year, but he had killed my confidence in him. I'd started him like 16 weeks in a row getting nothing out of him. So I finally get bench him 48.7 points. Ridiculous. I'm going Joe Mixon. Who do you think Tyler would give the award to? Because you and I are split here. I think I think Ty would go Mike Evans. I think you would too. So therefore I am right uh, because Tyler is right. <laughs> the people though, with 63% of the vote elected that Joe Mixon with 55 points in week nine had the best fantasy performance of the year. I think the margin of victory gives me the victory. On that <laughs> 43% winner. That's, that's obviously me. Yeah, Mike Evans had 20% of the vote. Josh Jacobs was 16% of the vote. I'm shocked that the people didn't lean more towards Mike Evans. Maybe there just wasn't enough, there wasn't clarification. Yeah. These were all on our story, so there wasn't a, a big like clarification point of what best fantasy performance necessarily meant. But yep. yeah, that surprised me a little bit that Joe Mixon really ran away with this one. Yeah. The best draft day value. Our three nominees, Christian Kirk, drafted as the wide receiver 41, finished as the wide receiver 14 this year. Tony Pollard, drafted as the running back 31, finished as the running back 7 this year. And Ramondre Stevenson, drafted as the running back 36, finished as the running back 9 on the year. This is honestly tough because, Mm -hmm. again, there is a really good case for all three of these guys. How hard is it for you? It's, we could totally we could totally default to tie first to give ourselves an yeah, extra 30 seconds to decide. It's really difficult. Like even when I was writing it up, uh, I like just didn't know who I'd want to pick, right? It's not yeah. like all three have a great case. All three are great candidates. Um you know, and all three the thing too is all three had amazing stretches throughout the year, right? Christian Kirk in the beginning of the year, Ramondre in the middle, Tony Pollard in the middle of the year, had great six-game stretches where they probably led you to victory in most of those games. Yep. And so if they were on your team, obviously you're going to vote for them. So that's why, like, at first I I went Ramondre Stevenson. He's on our main dynasty league, but right? I was super yep. happy. I had a whole bunch of people trying to trade for him. I was like, no, I'm, I'm keeping Ramondre. I believe in Ramondre. And it paid off. And then you look at like Christian Kirk had a great season, right? He was drafted almost a full round and a half behind both Tony Pollard and Ramondre. So that, I mean, that's got to mean something, right? And I think 
Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are both being hit with the uh, you play in Jacksonville uh, tag. So they're, <laughs> they're just getting no no love down there. I think the only player ever to get love out of Jacksonville um, was Jalen Ramsey, and that's just because he talked a whole bunch. So I'm actually going to vote Tony Pollard on this one, though. And the reason I'm going to take Pollard is because he averaged two more fantasy points per game than Ramondre and almost three more than Christian Kirk. Right, he was top. I think it's top seven in fantasy points. Well, I mean, he was the running back seven, also top seven in points per game. Um, I just think he went out and won you more weeks. That that's that's the reason I vote for him. Right, he was he was solid all year long, but then he actually won you a couple more weeks than these other two guys did. You you gave, despite you giving like a, a very generous argument, like I still can't decide. I think I'm going to land on Tony Pollard. I really want to say Christian Kirk because from the beginning, from when everybody was laughing that the Jacksonville Jaguars went out and paid Christian Kirk the absurd money that they did. Don't get me wrong. Christian Kirk, I love you, but you're not an $18 million wide receiver. You're just not. When everybody was laughing, I believed. Mm -hmm. I said he was going to be the best draft day value. He was the best kept secret was quite literally what I said. And I was right. I think I have to finish my mission. I have to stand by Christian Kirk here. I have to I have to finish my mission. I don't I blame was you. called I was called to to be Christian Kirk's lone advocate in the fantasy football world. That's not true. There were other people who were advocates, but I myself was very passionate about Christian Kirk this offseason while everybody laughed. While everybody said I sounded stupid that I couldn't hype up Christian Kirk for a one-minute video on TikTok, which I did, and I was right. <laughs> so Christian Kirk, mission completed, soldier. I, I will I will stand behind you as the best draft day value because I, I said that. <laughs> I said that you were, and I'm going to stand by my word. At Jacksonville Jaguars, where's where's our video? Yeah, Come on, yeah. <laughs> where's our video, right? <laughs> we stood by him. Well, Tyler and Lucas did. I was like kind of in the background, like, go guys. You were kind um, of falafeling around. Little there. little nervous. A little, um, <laughs> little nervous to jump on the wagon. But now I'm all right. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. The people, though, they voted the best draft day value of Christian Kirk, Tony Pollard, and Ramondre Stevenson to be Tony Pollard with 47% of the vote. <laughs> Congratulations, Tony Pollard. He would have been my second place vote. I think Ramondre hurt you too much down the stretch. We really didn't talk about Ramondre a ton. I think he hurt you too badly in the fantasy playoffs. Like you don't get rid of that scar. No, that's a tough one. And he should have dominated down the stretch. It's not like the, the Patriots schedule was all that difficult down the stretch. And Ramondre just kind of disappeared, which was brutal. Yeah. I called Ramondre a league winner, so I debated standing behind him too. Yeah, no. Tony Pollard would have been my second place vote. Good, fair, fair vote by the people. I 100% back them in their decision here. All right, here we go. The biggest bust of the season. Our three nominees, Kyle Pitts. He's drafted at the 208. Averaged only 7.6 fantasy points per game. And let's be real. That number should probably be closer to like five fantasy points per game because that's really what it felt like every week. Jonathan Taylor, 
drafted with the 101 overall. Couldn't make it through the full season. Averaged only 14.3 fantasy points per game. And Russell Wilson was drafted as the quarterback nine, finished outside of the top 20 quarterbacks on a points-per-game basis. If he was a quarterback 22 on the season, to be exact, averaged 15.2 fantasy points per game. All three of these players are worthy, but for me, I think my decision is pretty much made for me because Russell Wilson was the only player who wasn't injured for multiple games this year out of this clan. Mm -hmm. I think Kyle Pitts is points per game. All Kyle Pitts had to do was probably throw up like one or two 15 plus point games and his average is closer to probably 11. There's too much unknown with Kyle Pitts. Jonathan Taylor. Yes, I understand you drafted him at the 101. But that's how we felt with a majority of the running backs not named. Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey this year. Derrick Henry, you can throw in there too. Outside of those three, you felt that way with all the running backs drafted in the first round this year. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. You felt disappointed by all of them. Yeah. And again, Jonathan Taylor, injured. Injured. That's what takes him out of the, the, the running for me. Like Russell Wilson, we all said he was going to be phenomenal in this offense. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, they're going to be phenomenal. He brought them down with him. I mean, Jerry Judy was pretty phenomenal after week 12, after I traded for him in fantasy football. Um, oh. He was phenomenal. I just I just want to say I traded for him at the perfect time. Um, he, he was great after that. But throughout the season, man, Russell Wilson, he you, you dropped him after week five. He was yeah. on he like he by far takes this award for me. Like wasn't injured, no question marks left around how awful he was. Granted, down the stretch, he was a top five quarterback the final three of the final four weeks of the season. But man, it took it took 15 of the 17 fantasy football weeks to get there. And by that point, you weren't playing him in the playoffs. So no. for me, it's Russell Wilson. And it's solely on the fact, and this is mostly health. It's mostly health related because I think the other two have injury factor in maybe not as much, but I mean, don't get me wrong. If they would have kept up the paces they were on the rest of the season, yeah, they, they'd be the clear winners over Russell Wilson in my mind. But yeah. yeah, I have to give it to Russell Wilson. He's the only player on uh, this list that didn't miss five-plus games this year. Yeah, and so the thing, I've, I've heard a ton of people saying Jonathan Taylor, right, because we just put out videos on TikTok. They're put in the comments, hey, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. He's a one-on-one. And I understand the one-on-one hurts, but he at least had a couple – like he had two RB two or better games. He had, uh, I think one more two, or two more games inside the top 10 or top 12. Right. So he was all right when he was on the field. It's just, he couldn't stay on the field. He kept getting hurt. Kyle Pitts when he was on the field sucked. Yeah. Like there, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It was awful. Dude, he stinks. And I think I've said Russell Wilson and I think I'm coming around on the fact that I do think it's Kyle Pitts just because of how early you took him yeah right if you got kyle pitts you were paying at least oh sorry he's not a three he was 308 not 208 i was gonna say the 208 felt high that's my bad but still a 308 right you're taking in front of guys like t higgins who was taking three picks behind him and so if you took kyle pitts instead of t higgins t higgins averaged double 15.8 or yeah 15.8 over double the amount of points that kyle pitts had that really stings. 
The argument, though, that I like best for Russell Wilson is he didn't just upset you if you were his fantasy, man, fantasy manager. He upset Cortland Sutton's fantasy manager, Jerry Judy's fantasy manager, and Javante Williams' fantasy manager for four weeks. So I do understand that, but I think I'm actually going to go with Kyle Pitts on this one. Uh, and Kyle Pitts would be my second place vote uh, yeah. because that dude truly stunk. Like you drafted him as a top three tight end and you did not get top three tight end production. You got nowhere near that. Three out of 10 weeks with less than eight, or seven out of 10 weeks with less than eight points. Yeah. And, and that you can't have that with, with your third round pick. You just can't, nope. especially at the tight end position. You just can't. The winner voted by the people though. Again, this one was actually a bit more closer than I expected, but only one player did truly separate themselves from the pack. The biggest bust of the 2022 fantasy football season voted by the people is Jonathan Taylor. Oh. Which I also don't disagree with. Like, yeah. I just think you were upset by multiple first-round running backs this year. And I, and I get the 101 is extra painful. I get mm-hmm. it. Extra painful. It is. And I would label Jonathan Taylor as a bust. I just – there when you miss five weeks with injury, I don't know how many 20-point weeks Jonathan Taylor could have put up in there. Yeah. That's my only counter-argument to that. But the people elected Jonathan Taylor, and I can't disagree with them because he was a very, very big bust on the season. But let's wrap it up on a positive note, Cameron. Our last award, the biggest surprise of the 2022 fantasy football season, our three nominees here. Well, hey, wouldn't you know, it's the same three as our waiver wire hats of the year. (laughs) Nino Smith, Zay Jones, Jamal Williams. So we made the case for why these players were the waiver wire ads of the year. Why are they the biggest surprises of the year, though? Well, Geno Smith, just because, you know, coming into the year, we talked about it. There was a lot of thought that Drew Locke was the starter of this team. Right. Geno Smith, it's not like Geno Smith's a third or fourth year quarterback coming back out, you know, oh, he hasn't proven anything yet. Geno Smith's been in the league like eight or nine years. Right? Geno Geno Smith's been here. He's had his time to develop. So when he was thrown back out there, you're like, well, all right, whatever. We've seen this before. And then he can't comes out and is a quarterback six. Zay Jones, you gave plenty of like painted a perfect picture of you know who Zay Jones was last year, right? He was on the Raiders. He was a laughing stock for signing for three years, $30 million. He signed for less than Al Robinson signed for him. People were giving him crap about it. Jamal Williams was supposed to be a high-end handcuff running back, ended up setting the Lions franchise record for most rushing touchdowns over Barry Sanders. But for me, it's got to be Geno. I, ju- I just don't see how it can be anyone else than Geno just because the conversation of Drew Locke being better than him was had before the season. That is such a low point as an NFL quarterback to be at where you're like, hey, Drew Locke might be better than me. <laughs> and then he comes out as a quarterback six. Like, man, I got to go with Geno. They wrote him off and he didn't write back. Quote of the year, too. Quote of the year. Yeah, it's Geno Smith. There is no question. Because when, when Geno went undrafted, right? Like, I mean... Jamal Williams did go drafted in the deepest of leagues. But Geno Smith and Zay Jones both went undrafted. Geno Smith, 
everybody was thinking the Seattle Seahawks team was going to suck. Can yeah. we also add that? Like, maybe not 0-17 suck, but like, they were in contention for the number one overall pick at the beginning of the year for multiple people. Geno made them a playoff team. Not winning the division, but a playoff team. Like, I don't think they're going to win this week against San Francisco. But Geno Smith, like, it is clear, clearly, Geno Smith is the biggest surprise this year. Again, I talked about how many people uh, he helped if you picked up Geno Smith at any point during the year. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, any of them, any of them. Geno Smith, like, you somehow were like, wait, Geno Smith? Can I actually play him? Like, if you have to question if Geno Smith is worthy of playing in your fantasy lineup when he has, you know, five great games to start the year, and you're still like, I, can I play Geno Smith? Like, that that tells me he's the biggest surprise of the year. Yeah. It's no question. We all wrote him off. You you were not in on Geno Smith this year. I You, the listener, I'm telling you that right now. You you did not believe in Geno Smith this year. You, don't come to our comment section and say that you were, because I promise you, you weren't. Yeah. yeah your I mean, hindsight is like... 30 20 at that point like <laughs> i mean not only was he a quarterback six but he supported the wide receiver 16 and wide receiver 12 yeah two top 16 options the guy he was traded for russell wilson or did jerry judy end up landing wide receiver 26 and Cortland sutton was wide receiver 46 right he not only was the biggest surprise but he made the seattle seahawks look like absolute geniuses this year yeah right i mean pete carroll and i don't even know who the seattle gm right now is but they should be shaking Gino's hand every time they see him because they look like the smartest people alive. 100% agree. The people, though, their vote is the vote that matters. The biggest surprise they voted of the 2022 fantasy football season is Gino Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. Geniuses are the people. Geniuses. So again, the recipients of the 10 Fantasy Football Fella 2022 Fantasy Awards. The Fantasy MVP, Austin Eckler, Rookie of the Year, Ken Walker, Comeback Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, Waiver Wire Ad of the Year, Jamal Williams, the most improved Justin Fields, the playoff MVP, Austin Eckler, the best fantasy performance, Joe Mixon, the best draft day value, Tony Pollard, the biggest bust, Jonathan Taylor, and the biggest surprise, Geno Smith. Cameron, anything you want to add before we wrap out the episode here? We do have a faithful listener, one of my best friends, Kevin Vera. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Kevin. Hey, happy birthday, Kevin. I just know he listens to everyone, and I've called him out before twice, I think, at the end of episodes, so now I'll give him a little bit of love. Happy birthday, (laughs) Kevin. Happy birthday, Kevin. If you know Kevin... Uh, if you want to come on to any of our posts as well and wish Kevin a happy birthday, uh, you you should do so. Kevin's a great guy. We love Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas in the playoffs who eliminated me. It's all Kevin's fault, though. It's all <laughs> jerk. I would have been fancy champion if it wasn't for Kevin. What a jerk. Yeah, all he had to do was beat me. Uh, just ridiculous. Uh, I almost missed the playoffs. Shout out to Kevin mm-hmm. for uh, for losing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That wraps out another episode of the Fancy Football Fellas podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, FF Fellas, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fancy Football Fellas on TikTok and YouTube. 
where you should be subbed and have your notifications turned on because we're dropping fantasy football content and NFL content. We're starting to, to get knee deep in NFL content now. Uh, now that we're in the off season, we're dropping new content every day uh, for you on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, and same with the podcast as well. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you are. Um, greatly appreciate that. Helps out the pod a ton, uh, especially as we're moving into the off season here. Uh, and if you want to stay up to date, uh, different picks we have going on through the playoffs. We're doing uh, we're doing a lot of pick them over on Underdog Fantasy. Here's our promo code, fellas, over there. Join our chalkboard. We'll be releasing our weekly, our favorite weekly player props over there, uh, and community full league winners over there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people winning leagues over on our chalkboard this year. So uh, if you want to do that, you can check that out uh, down in the link uh, in the description of this audio podcast or YouTube video you are listening to. Three Stooges being dudes, Cameron and Lucas hanging out with you tonight. So only two of us, fantasy football fellas. Hopefully we'll get Tyler back here one of these weeks. He, It's just unfortunate he likes other sports. Who likes stop, other sports? Stop helping out the youth. Yeah. Quit Let being the struggle. good guy. Ugh, like, why don't you be a mean person every once in a while? Ridiculous. Like, like, why don't you say, you know what? I got bigger fish to fry today. My boys need me. My dogs need me. <sighs> Unbelievable. And not your feet. That we're gonna end before this gets uh, too off the rails here. <laughs> Three stooges being dudes, the fantasy football fellas. We will see you all next week. Reminder: we are down to two episodes a week now. There will not be a start on Saturday episode coming because there's no fantasy football this week. We will see you all on Tuesday next week. Until then, deuces. Deuces.